0: Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Been a bit of a break with the games coming thick and fast and the time of year. Uh, but it's me riding solo today. Uh, Mac and Mark not around, obviously, against the time of the year, Christmas Eve. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? Uh, obviously, the last four games: Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, and then Stoke. Uh, mixed uh, contrasts and, and fortunes in those. A few of the players: uh, Bale, uh, Delhi, uh, heavily talked about let uh, so talk about that and hopefully winning the Carabao Cup and stopping the right in the league. So remember for Twitter at L talk Tottenham for the podcast. Uh, for Mark, it's at 1981 Spur. For Mac, at Mac, T8, uh, at Mac 1882 THFC. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, Ryan Solo on Let's Talk Tottenham. Hi there. Welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. A little bit of a break. Been busy and... Uh, Everything that's going on. Uh, so we've got an episode here talking about the last four games. Uh, before I start, uh, obviously Christmas is tomorrow. So if you're listening to this before Christmas Day, hope you and your families have a wonderful Christmas. If you're listening to this after Christmas Day, hope you and your families had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, with everything that's going on, uh, be a bit tough this year for a lot of people. But hope uh, that doesn't affect anybody. Uh, so that being said, i uh, have got four games to look at here. Um, the three in the league, which haven't been great, and then the Stoke game yesterday, which we're now into the semi-final. So let's uh, kick off, uh, as it were, uh, with the first one, Palace. Uh, I mean, if we just skip ahead to the, the three games, it's amazing how quickly football can change. Within a week, we went from first to sixth. Uh, all this optimism, certainly for me, anyway, that we we could really challenge for the league, and then down to sixth. But the, the yeah, I I think in terms of the title, that's over. I'm um, I'm not over. We're only six points behind. I, I, but I think it it was a really telling period of time. Uh, top top teams don't lose games like we did against Leicester. Liverpool, they, they make sure they take the chances, and Palace, they kill teams off. Uh, so, I, I think top four is what we're realistically aiming for, and then with the Stoke game yesterday, if we don't win that cup, I'll be quite very annoyed. Uh, I think Liverpool now, with their, their you know statement-winning victory at Palace, 7-0, I think they'll start to pull away now, so I think it's theirs to lose. But you never know, you never know. And we did compete with Liverpool and we should really, in terms of chance we had, won the game. But let's talk about Palace. Uh, So, on another day, if that keeper, I can't remember his name, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he made at least three unbelievable saves. Uh, The one that i remember from Kane at the end, where it's come to Kane quickly, he's he's manoeuvred himself really well and then flicked a header in and then the reactions to save it and to push it to safety. I mean, on another day, they go in. But what really annoyed me about that game is that we started off quite well, got the goal. <laughs> the only time their Keeper made a bit of a howler. Um, but, you know, you've got to be in it to win it. If you don't shoot, you're never going to score. Uh, but then why didn't we try and kill them off? You mean. why didn't we try and kill them off we, we second half sat back sat back sat back invited them on and it was looking like only a matter of time until they scored uh, and then they scored and then we decided to play again and then that's when the keeper made a few good saves like if, we, if we'd have done that from the start of that second half we'd have been out of sight before they got their goal um, and yeah, I just don't understand that. You, you, you. Mourinho says he, his t- he wants to win, but winning 1-0 is fine, I guess. But you, you still got to have a threat up the other end, and it was just getting to hit and hope territory all the time, and then we were looking, well, we were the away team, but we were looking like the, you know the two teams' positions had swapped over. I just think, get that second goal, kill the game off, then you can sit back and relax and and you know not put too much energy in um so i, I think they were a good team palace and yeah you know, teams now i think have possibly worked out a little bit how to play against kane and son in terms of not giving too much space um but yeah i was very disappointed with that one i'd say out of the well, I wouldn't say out of three because Leicester was awful. But I, I was more disappointed with that. Uh, again, because we got a point there. We're more disappointed with that than the Liverpool result. We lost the Liverpool game. Uh, yeah, I'll reword that. I, I was just very disappointed. Yeah, I was just very, very disappointed with the fact that we kind of sat back and allowed them into the game. And then allowed them to get a point. Uh, the goal—it was a lot of this ever, um, but he has been fantastic since the restart last season. I can't even remember when that was. Now was that uh, June, something like that? So he's been absolutely superb for about half a year. So and, and you know, I mean, all keepers make mistakes, and it—it it wasn't like it was a completely un, unimpeded cross, and he just dropped it. It was fired at him. A lot of bodies in there. It's just very, very unfortunate. But so, you know, a year ago I'd have been saying, "Right, get him out! Mike. get him out! Get him out!" He, he's making too many mistakes. But now, because of what he's done in the last six months, I don't think he's made a mistake. I think this is his first mistake since the restart last season. So I think it's, I'll, I'll put it down to one of those things. And you know, there were reasons behind it, and. But really, he shouldn't really have been put in that position. Like I say, we should have killed the game off. Certainly in that second half. And Mourinho said that's what he said to do. But, you know, the players have been following his... his, his you know, when you look at when he took over and the, after the honeymoon period, after a, like a month or so, and then some of the performances where he just didn't turn up at all. Uh, we haven't had that this season before this game against Palace. So him saying, uh, that's what I told them to do and they didn't do it, I'm I'm not sure i buy that. But then the Leicester game was back to those dark days again. So who knows? Uh, But, you know, I, I, I would also say as well, you know, a year or two ago, that's the kind of game that we'd have ended up sitting back even more after they conceded or we'd have conceded before we actually did. And then we'd have ended up losing that game. So, I was, I was very disappointed. But then, Mac who said it, I think, uh, we'd have lost that game last year. And it's a point gained. So, I was okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we've got a point there where we might have lost that. That could be crucial at the end of the season. Uh, and then, it was on to Liverpool, which I honestly thought we would get a win there. And, to be honest, we deserve something. The, the chances that we had... Uh, but yeah, and then that was, I mean, it was a bit of a sucker punch the last minute. But, I mean, looking at that, apart from that goal, I didn't think Liverpool really created many clear-cut chances. They had a lot of shots that went straight down Lawrence's throat, which you could say they're clear chances. They just messed them up. But, oh, and Mane had that one where he wriggled past, uh, he turned Aurier and then... Blasted it on the bar. It was a good challenge, I think, from Orrier to deflect that onto the bar. So maybe two clear-cut chances. Their goal not a clear-cut chance at all. He was surrounded by two, but then he, 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 he got the luck. Uh I did have my friend who's United fan Ben said uh fortune favours the brave. So Liverpool obviously had the majority of the ball and were trying to probe and, and carve us open, so maybe they get the fortune there. But all the pundits who were saying that, you know, we're anti-football and blah, 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 uh, you know, you're pundits, you're supposed to understand football, surely. That's what you get fucking paid for. You, you, you go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, like Palace did, you get ripped to shreds. You've got to try and stem that attack and stem their momentum And and that's what we did soak up the pressure and then hit on the counter-attack surely as pundits you bloody understand this I understand that Martin Keown's an Arsenal fan so can never ever give any credit like he said son's goal didn't deserve the Puskas award which it's fine if it didn't but the reasoning because he didn't take many people on <laughs> he ran past the whole fucking team but uh but yeah, like, I just don't understand the whole, oh, it's anti-football, anti-football, and then anti-Jose. And Simon Jordan mentioned it, that there's a ge- an agenda against him. Not sure if there's an agenda, but yeah. it gives a shit, It's a results business, isn't it? They, they always say that when a manager gets fired, oh, they play good football, but it's a results business. That's what Jose does. And then he gets criticised for it. His ranting about Klopp, if he did what Klopp did on the touchline, he'd be ridiculed for it and criticised for it, which he possibly would, but I i don't like Klopp. but I don't really mind what he does on the touchline. It's annoying when it's against us, but it's passion, isn't it? That's what you want to see in football. And the fact that someone scores a last-minute goal, you can't take your shirt off to celebrate, you know, it's passion. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I mean, the chances that we had... We had three clear cut chances, I think. Well, two and a half. The first one of Bergvine he never really had under control. No, we did have three because Son's goal. So three and a half. So Son's goal came out of absolutely nowhere. It was brilliant play by Lassell. So uh, he was doing that all game when he in on the odd occasions when he did get the ball driving forward and then looking for the pass. And the pass he's played has taken out how many players? I don't know. Uh, and then Son, going forward, one and one, isn't going to miss, is he, at, at, in the form that he's in at the moment. And it was against the run of play. But like I said, I didn't really think Liverpool created anything clear, clear cut. Uh, but, you know, again, like I say, that the, you know, not straight down Loris's throat, we, we could have found ourselves three goals down, but... And then Jose has obviously tweaked something at half-time or said something, changed something, whatever, because we came out a completely different team. We looked so much more dangerous. Uh, so it started off, I think, a minute in, Bergvine had a chance. He got put through. It, 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 or I think it was more himself who got himself through, but he kind of got the ball caught under his feet a little bit and it, the defender was close to him. And then Allison is big uh, and he just fired wide, but... It was good play by Bergwijn to get into that position in the first place. And then came the next big chance, which was a clear cut with a header from Kane, Header from Sun, Bergvine clear, a one one against the post. And like we said, like I said, they against Palace with their goalkeeper. On another day, you know, the curl gets added on slightly more, hits the inside of the post, goes into the corner. And this one just goes out. But the amount of abuse that Bergwijn got for that is a disgrace by so-called Tottenham fans. Like He he had to take his Instagram down and getting death threats and all of this, and fat shamed and uh, like, who the hell are you people? I hope none of you are listening to this because quite frankly, I don't really want you listening to this if you're abusing our players online and giving death threats. But it, it's just cowardly way out. It's online. No one will get be able to find you. So it's an easy way to do it. You wouldn't ever do it to his face. But but in terms of the actual chances, he gets the abuse there. Not that I'm condoning any abuse, but where was Kane's? Because that header he missed from two yards out was an even better chance and one that he should be taking. Sh- should people be abusing Kane because they abused Well, Absolutely not. They shouldn't be abu- abusing anybody. But saw someone saying Kane gets away with it because he's got credit because of what he's done. It's like, give us a shit about that. It's a chance that he should have scored. But, you know, in fairness to Kane, it came at him quickly. There was a crowded box and so maybe he saw it late. In fairness to Bergvine, he did everything right. And the goalkeeper, He's. I played football once. <laughs> I played football once. I played quite a lot, but I only played well once. I did a bit of skill to uh, uh, get the ball one-on-one and, one, and the goalkeeper had made quite a few good saves. So I thought, right, OK, I'm going to have to really blast this to beat him. I did that and it hit the post and went out for a throw. This was five aside. Uh, but my point being is that Allison is possibly now the best goalkeeper in the league. Birdvines one-on-one with him and thinks, I'm going to have to really put this in the corner to have a chance of scoring and then he's put it slightly too wide or just not enough curl on or a combination of both and then it's hit the post. But so if that was a keeper that wasn't so well-renowned, he might be thinking there, in the same way as my football game, I might be thinking, okay, just get it on target, good chance this goes in. But because it was a keeper who made, he must have made about three or four really good saves, I thought it has to be hard and has to be as close to the corner as I can. And I got it slightly wrong. And I think that's what's happened with Bergwine there. So I think you can criticise Bergwine but I think you've got to give credit. And, and his reputation, Alisson, precedes him. He stands up big. And that's why I, th- I think Bergwine thought, right, OK, aim it for as far close to the post as possible. And he's just not put enough curl on it. But, you know. He's a yard further out, that curl possibly works, and then like I said, hits the post and goes in. But like the other thing is we've got, you know, players who wouldn't have been in that position to get the ball. So he, he's seen the header from Kane. He's thought, okay, if some wins this, I'm in. So he's got himself into position rather than standing on his toes, some wins the header, and then it just goes to a Liverpool defender who clears it. So giving him abuse for that is just a disgrace and, and you know we should be supporting our players and then I think he's, he's not dropped him but given him a rest for the Leicester game so he doesn't get any of that abuse which we'll come on to that later I think hindered the team the other thing with the abuse is where's the abuse for Bale you know he's, he's done nothing should you abuse Bale no so Bale I'm not sure the transfers work we'll talk about him a bit later but in terms of Bergvine the players giving him abuse and saying, oh, I'll get out of my club, you're useless, just clearly don't understand football. Because if you look at it, <clears throat> Bergwijn has been instrumental in, in in the teamwork on the side that he's playing on because his work rate going up and down, up and down, up and down, helping out the fullback, whether that's Regulian, Davies, Doherty or Aurier has been superb and I it, it, I'm sure I've said it on here before he reminds me of Aaron Lennon in the terms of Aaron Lennon was the best right winger I've seen in terms of helping his full back out and Ryan I think is the same so his work rate and and his his dedication to the team is superb um so yeah so I wanted to mention that because it was it was just ridiculous but and just completely unacceptable. And then Jose said all the right things, saying he's my one of my boys. That's the end of it. But he shouldn't have had to say that because he shouldn't have been getting abused because he didn't really do anything wrong. He just mistimed a charm in the same way that Harry Kane did two minutes later. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, that game... <sighs> It, it, and then you can blame Harry Kane or Alderweireld or a combination of both. Uh, Dyer fell on the floor very weak after a bit of a nudge. You've got to be stronger than that for for uh, Firmino's winner, which was an awful goal to concede in terms of timing and just the defending of it. Just absolutely terrible. Um, but I, th- I mean, that's a blow. He just definitely deserves a draw at least. But in the terms of the chances that we had, we should have been winning that. And, and Liverpool had the most of the possession, as you'd expect. You know, you go toe-to-toe with them, like I said, you get picked off and you get ripped to shreds. And then you're looking at a cricket score. But it showed to me, even though we lost, I wasn't as downhearted as I was with the Palace one. Because it showed that we could compete with those teams. Usually we go to those teams and and even if it's only 2-0, we get absolutely battered. Like 2-0, it could have been 10. Whereas that one, it was 2-1. And, you know, they didn't really create a huge amount of chances, clear-cut ones. And we did. So it gives me faith now that we can go to any team and compete. And if we're clinical... We got a real, real, real good chance of beating the top, top teams, which in the past, I didn't get that feeling. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we should have got something out of that game. And then, you know, to play like we did in the second half against Palace and then to turn it on against Liverpool, it's a complete difference. And then the Leicester was just a 90 minutes of just dross and just awfulness. Uh, But we'll get onto that later on. Um, but, yeah, and the important thing is if you you want to be title challengers or whatever like that, you lose a game, you don't lose the next one. Obviously, we did. So that's the real disappointing thing there. Well, we'll have a little break there, come back, talk about the demoral. We'll have a Jekyll and Hyde epi- uh, second half with uh, the god-awful Leicester performance but then uh, winning the cup quarterfinal getting through to the semis so back in a bit and we're back so Liverpool we lost like I said you want to win a league compete to win the league you don't lose two in a row What do we do? We go and lose to Leicester in our worst performance of the season. You thought the Everton game was bad. And then, you know, there's reasons for that. First game of the season, players not fit. I mean, this one was just just awful. From the first minute to the last minute, just didn't look like we turned up at all. Uh, Two teams on the counter, really. So it was always going to be quite a cagey game. just you know. And the first goal was massive. Aurier, back to his dumbass fucking best. I mean, he's been so good since Doherty came in. The mistakes have completely stopped. It's like he's knuckled down, realised that, OK, I've got competition here. And then to do what he did, I mean, James Justin is going absolutely fucking nowhere. I mean... the He controls the ball. The only option he's got is to go backwards where we've got, where they'll cross it and we've got people in the box. So to do that, especially now with VAR, which it will get looked at, just absolutely crazy. And then Vardy, who I don't think is very good at penalties anyway, Just straight down the middle, Loris has has, has, has guessed he's going to go to one of the sides and I think if Loris stays up, Vardy's got a decision to make and he's missed penalties uh, against Loris before. Uh, But you can't blame the keeper in a penalty situation, although I would say if I was a manager and the keeper moved out of the way before it was taken, I'd fine him. But I've mentioned that before. But that goal, uh, and just before half-time as well, Completely changed the game, allowed Leicester to then completely play on the counter attack, and then we had to kind of open up a little bit, but we didn't actually do anything. Um, yeah, and it was just all Leicester in the second half. I mean, the, the goal from Madison, which was offside, ignore the offside. I mean, we we moaned the other way round when um, oh, Aurier's yeah, goal got disallowed against Leicester because some was slightly offside. I mean, that for me is exactly the same. You know, his arm is offside. He scored with his foot, so it shouldn't really be offside because his foot was onside. But ignore the offside part. It was a long ball. Completely route one. It's in the air for about 20 minutes. No one's engaged it. No one's done anything. He's able to then completely control it and then put it in. I mean, just shocking defending, that is. Absolutely. Don't want to sound like Alan Hansen here, but absolutely shocking defending that, and just indicative of the game that we just didn't turn up, weren't engaged, weren't, oh, yeah, just letting them play. I mean, but you know that whole game it was just hit and hope, hit and hope, hit and hope, and are oh, you never going to get anywhere with that? Oh football's changed, it's not like, you know, it remains to be seen, maybe West Brom under Allardyce will do that again, and it will start to make a comeback, but I mean, it certainly didn't help that Undumbele comes off for Bale, which we'll talk about him in a bit, Uh, so that's one central midfielder off, and then literally two seconds in, the Celso gets injured, so we didn't have anyone in there, so that didn't help, we didn't have the creative person in there. Uh, so you can you can say that oh that was Mourinho's fault, which I'm sure some people did, but you know you, it's like you can see the goal or from a goalkeeping howler. You know the manager doesn't tell the goalkeeper to do that. He, he can't be blamed for that. And and you know he's not got a crystal ball that knows right. Okay, De Celso is getting injured after ten seconds. Um, but Bale, I I think like. Pretty much every Spurs fan very excited when he came back. And even though he's not playing well on the pitch, which we'll get to in a sec, I do think it's had a positive effect on the players. You've got a Gareth Bale coming in, which is going to give a big lift. Training standards will be moved up because he'll demand that. So I do think it has worked in that sense. But on the pitch, I'm not sure it has. I have no idea why he came off half-time against Stoke after scoring a goal. I can only assume injury. Uh, but it's it's, it's it's like the ball is a hot potato to him now. You know? No one expected Gareth Bale to come back and be the Gareth Bale of 10, 12 years ago or whatever it was, you know, getting the ball, light in pace. But certainly me, I, I expected him to be the Gareth Bale that would try and make things happen. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't seem to want to take anybody on. Which to me is very, very surprising. Now, after his first involvement against West Ham, and Kane gave him the ball, and he skimmed past about three players, did that little left and right foot thing, and then got into a shooting chance and, and just missed. He was off balance and pushed. So I thought, OK, well, he's not going to have the blistering pace, but he's still going to try and make things happen, take people on and, and you know, cause problems. And now, uh, I don't know, missing that has, has completely shot his confidence. So I, I have no idea. Or, you know. And then there was a, I think it was Ludigretz. It was an away game. I can't remember who it was against, but he's one-on-one. He, he, him and Son run into the ball. He's then put his hand out to say to Son, I've got it. One-on-one, and he's tried to play it to Son, which, you know, when would Gareth Bale ever turn down a one-on-one opportunity. So I'm not sure if it's confidence, fitness, whatever, but on the pitch, I'm not sure it's worked. I mean, I do think if he played a run of games like five games in a row, towards the end of that five, so maybe the third and fourth, you would see a complete change. But this is Mourinho here. He's not going to put passengers in. And, and when you've got Bergvine, you know, working hard for the team, maybe not the final end product that you know a Gareth Bale of old would have, or Gareth Bale now would have, but when you've got someone working for the team, Mourinho is all about teamwork. It's all about the team. It's all about putting a shift in. So I think Bergvine has pushed himself ahead of Bale now, and fair play to him for that. You know, I, I was very fearful for Bergvine at the start of the season, going, I don't see where he's going to fit in, and. The last three like league games he's played, he's really put a shift in, and uh, from my point of view pushed himself into that. He, he's one of the eleven now. He's not one of the squad for me now. He's one of the eleven, and Mora came on and just I love Mora, obviously what he did in Amsterdam. I'll always like Mora, but he he's been awful. He, he can't seem to control or pass the ball. Uh, so he came on against Leicester. I don't think he made a pass or controlled the ball once. Um, so, you know, competition for places is always a good thing because it, it it raises people's standards, but it seems to have the opposite effect on Moorah here. Uh, and, but, you know, the, Bale will have the world of good done for him with a goal against Stoke, but if it wasn't injury, it, it's going to be damaging to his confidence there being taken off. And if it is injury... Again, it's going to be damaging to his confidence. Because, uh, I'm never going to get a run in this team. I'm never going to get a run because I, you know, I can't complete a nighting. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And we all thought, you know, Sun and Kane doing what they're doing. Oh, we'll get Bale in there. Oh, my God, what a front three. And it hasn't worked out like that. And and if you, if you want to win titles and, and cups and stuff like that, you need a plan B. You can't just have your two players, you know. You, you look at Liverpool last year, they had the front three, Mane, Salah, uh, Firmino. But then they had Origi come in. He, he scored goals. You had goals from midfield. Uh, corners, they looked dangerous. Van Dyke scored a couple. Alexander-Arnold scored a couple. Uh, Bernalden. Uh, not sure we've, you know got all of those those goals consistently coming from elsewhere. Uh, I think that's what we thought with Bale. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And it's just a fitness issue which will get sorted out, not a confidence issue, which after that West Ham cameo, I thought the confidence is still there because to do what he did there, he still had so much to do when Kane gave him the ball. And to go from there, which was halfway almost the halfway line and then to skim past three people like they weren't there and then get a one and one it's like ah, that's the Bale that we know just not as pacey and it seems to have been sapped from him all that and like, you know he's playing long balls spreading the play going out of play and it just you know that's not Gareth Bale so I hope I'm wrong but like I say Jose isn't going to put passengers in uh, but back to the game, Leicester just wanted it more. I uh, thought we'd got rid of that mindset, that, you know, Liverpool aside, being clinical. And, and, yeah, we just didn't seem to, I mean, maybe the, all the games in Europe have taken a little bit of a toll. But then that's what you have a squad for, you know, that's what you have Vinicius for to bring in for Kane. I'm surprised Kane played against uh, Stoke, but then it just shows that Jose is taking this seriously. wants to win it now. But i like to see, if we're like 3-0 up in a game after an hour, take Kane off, rest him, bring Vinicius on in the league and and things like that, you know, because it's a squad game. And, you know, if we do well in the Europa League, we're in the the semi-finals of the... uh, Cabal Cup now, we've obviously got 38 league games and it's been a weird season anyway. Kane isn't going to get much of a rest because then the Euros will happen, which I'm, I'm sure the Euros will happen with the situation that's going on, whether fans will be allowed there is a different thing. but And then the next season starts, so Kane could easily suffer from burnout, people like Sun as well. So they've got to be careful there. But I also thought well, without Bergwijn, he almost had a lack of energy. I don't want to say Bergwijn without Bergwijn will lose every game, but you look at Bergwijn's energy. He's a young man. He's twenty two, and and generally, the younger you are, the more energy you have. And he's, you yeah, know, to do what he did against uh, uh, City, then Chelsea, then uh, then Liverpool. He didn't play the full ninety minutes, but. Literally, his mind's got to be sharp there because he's he's doing a job to help the full back out. He's going up and down, up and down, up and down all game. To be able to do that consistently for three games just shows a tremendous energy there. And without that, and, and energy like that, I've said it about uh, Ali before a few seasons ago and Lamella, it's infectious. And without that, it seemed the team didn't look like they had any energy, which against City, Chelsea, and Arsenal as well, forgot Bergwijn in that one, and Liverpool we had energy, and, and you know, and then we come to the second goal. I mean, talked about him already, but Moriba loses the ball. There's no pressure on Albright, and he's able to run twenty yards, and then the ball comes in. Vardy, who's not really known as a header of the ball, he's not Andy Carroll, but uh, Sissoko just wimps out of the header and ju- ducks down, and then Alderville's unlucky, and then has got no chance. But three mistakes there, like and and you know against City, Ch- Chelsea in particular, we were right on the ball, not losing anything, not not you know. The teamwork was superb in those games. It just wasn't there at all. And I have no idea why it suddenly went in, in in that game. Maybe the the last dash Liverpool winner knocked a bit of confidence, but, you know, you shake that off. It's always, you know, Jose saying, oh, the next game, focus on the next game. You focus on the next game, not the last game. So... I mean, we need to beat Wolves now. I mean, it's very tight. We're sick but we're only six points off the, the league. You know, you win three games on the trot, you know, you're shooting back up that table again and then the talk is, oh, they're guaranteed top four now. I do think Liverpool start to pull away now, like I said. That that win against Palace was a statement win. That It was like, well, we're fucking serious now. Stop pissing about. We're serious now. We're winning this league. Uh, but you never know. You never know. But we need to beat Wolves. Uh, and basically, as well, also we we've played already this season. It's not even half the season through. But and, and in the last, Man United we already played, battered them, who are second or third now. I mean that that's how crazy this league is. They were in crisis a month ago, and all of a sudden now they're third. The, you know, win their game in hand, they're only three points off of Liverpool. But we played them, and then we've played City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Liverpool, and Leicester already. So, and then all of those games, apart from Man United, were all bunched pretty much in the same set of games. Which, looking at the fixtures, they're all dotted around now. So, we've got games that we should be winning dotted around against the odd one where is against one of the toughies. So I'd hope that we can beat Wolves and then go on a bit of a run now. Um, but yeah, but... Uh, that was disappointing. We have to beat Wolves now and then get that that league rot out and stop the rot there. Uh, but we have ended the run of, of not winning in the Carabao Cup. And we've got a draw against... Brentford in the semi-final so no disrespect for to Stoke or Brentford but you'd expect as a, a premiership team looking for a title or top four to beat teams in lower divisions so if we don't get to the final I'll be pretty fucking livid and if we do get to the final doesn't matter who we play United or City we don't win I'll be fucking livid as well so <laughs> to sum that up we don't win that Carabao Cup I'll be extremely angry. But the, the game yesterday, let's talk about Delhi because he's been singled out again, which I, th- I think is really unfair. And it's it's got similarities to how uh, Jose treated Shaw at Man United, which uh, Ben, I've mentioned, United fan, knows more about it than I do. Cause obviously, he focuses on his club, but he was saying to me at the time, it, it, it's it's bullying. And I just really hope that it's just not that. Because I, I think Delhi's time at the club while Rominio is there is effectively over, sad as it is. And I think Levy has a responsibility to the players as well to do the best for the players. And I think the best thing for everybody is to just get him out on a loan. Because you know, Jose isn't going to be here forever. You know, I really hope as well this isn't the crack starting to show on the Jose what you normally see after a couple of years where, you know, he alienates people and then angers people and then it all goes sour. But So for those of you who didn't see it, Delhi tried a flick when we were on the attack. Uh, and it's gone. It's not come off. It's gone to a Stoke player and they've passed it back, gone to the keeper and then they've started play again and they've ended up scoring from it and Mourinho has blamed Ali for it which I think is extremely unfair that because if it was a flick that he tried off and then quickly counter attacked there and then bang, 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 goal fair enough but the thing is it's gone back to the keeper which then your team then regroup and get back into shape and then they've scored from that so yeah, he tried a flick. But, you know, Gareth Bale kicks it out, trying to spread play and kicks it out. He doesn't get blamed for that, which, you know, what's to say they could have uh, taken the throw, gone back to the keeper and then done the same. So it, it seems like a bit of victimisation for me. I think there's a, a personality clash there. I mean, it's cert- certainly last season, Ali was awful. Awful. Couldn't pass the ball. Like more now, couldn't pass the ball. Couldn't pass it, couldn't control it, couldn't pass it five minutes. But That first half was what I wanted to see from Ali. He was getting the ball, he was controlling it, and then every time he got it, he was looking forward, where can I pass it forward and do some damage? People say, yes, it's Stoke, but you still can only beat who's in front of you. And this is a player who hardly ever plays now. Confidence must be pretty shot to pieces. He had a couple of shots, was very unlucky with one at the end of the half, it was a good save, another one that came put him through. Did everything right, made the run, steadied himself. Got it on target, good save again. It was good goalkeeping, actually. He came out and and basically didn't give Ali much room. Um, But yeah, he he was looking like his old self. And then, you know, a confident deli plays flicks like that. So if, if you don't want him to play the flicks and be that arrogant kind of player, then you're going to lose something. It's the same with the aggression. Like you, you you get the aggression out of him. You lose some of that competitiveness. Uh, And you know, it wasn't like he played the flick on the edge of his own box, and you know, it's gone to someone blasted in from twenty yards. And I just think people miss passes all the time. People try little flicks. More of tries, you know. Against Leicester, some went through. uh, Tried a little flick like pull it back for Kane, Kane slipped and then Leicester got the ball and it came to nothing. But, you know, what's to say, you know, it's can kind counter-attacking of team Leicester. What's to say Leicester wouldn't have then got the ball, played it really quick, over the top for Vardy, cross in, someone in the box, goal, you know. But would Son have got blame for that? Absolutely not, because Son has scored how many goals he scored now. And neither should he, because it was at the, uh, their end of the pitch. And you've got players behind the ball who should be able to cope in the same way that against Stoke. You know, it, it's with the goalkeeper, their furthest person back. Everyone is is then behind the ball and should be able to cope with that. And it's a cross that hasn't been dealt with. The cross has been allowed to come in and the p- player who scored has been able to run off the defender and then put it in. So to blame Ali is just... Uh, it doesn't sit right with me That And I, like I said, it... it, it it's it, it, reminiscent of, of the Shaw stuff at Man United, which, I, again, I hope I'm wrong with that. And, and But then from Mourinho's point of view, maybe he thought, well, I called Ndombele out last year. Basically said he was shit. And, and, and basically Ndombele's responded within in the summer and then training and then games, is now one of our starters and, and really turned it around. And forced his way in, so maybe he thought, "I'll do that with Ali." But yeah, so I, I'm hoping it's that, and it's a it's a it's a challenge for uh, Delhi. Yeah, if you're going to try the flicks, make sure they work or contribute to the team. And and you know, because he said Mourinho said that the whole the point of a player in that position is to create chances and stuff like that, which I thought in the first half. He did brilliant. He did really well. He's creating chances, looking to try and, you know, there was a run that Bale made and he tried to put it over the top and it was good defending. It was just cut out of the death. But he was trying to do all that. So to have a go at him for that, I was, yeah. But ho- hopefully it's like a challenge and, then you know, okay. In this, exactly the same way that Undombele did and then he, he's looking to see how Delhi responds. But from my point of view now, I think it's gone on long enough like Levy needs to send him out on loan somewhere with a manager that will put his arm around him. There's two types of player in there. Rio Fernandes said it, you get some players who need an arm around them and then from his point of view I didn't mind having a bollocking. I think Ali's the first part. I think Kane you could give him a bollockin and he'd like get angry and then do some damage to the opposition. I think Delhi's is the other way round. Needs an arm around him, so I think he needs a manager for a, a little while. He's very young as well. He's only twenty four. Seems like he's he should be about thirty. He's been around forever. I think he needs a manager now that will love him like Pochettino did, and that's when you get the best out of him. Uh, but other than that, let, let's talk about the game. Uh, first half, all over them. Didn't really create a huge amount. Similar to the Liverpool game where we were the Liverpool in that situation. We obviously scored with speculative effort, I thought. But Winks has done himself no harm with that and didn't really do much wrong from what I saw. It's good to see Lamella back in the second half as well. I think he's a typical uh, Mourinho player, like battler, bit of an arsehole and, and... can do something with the ball as well uh but Winks has done himself no harm uh Bale lovely little header I mean that's what you get from Bale as well I was critical of him earlier but he knows there that the pace is on the ball all I have to do is direct it I don't have to like really try and stick some power on that the pace will just stay with the direction that I stick on it um yeah, and really we should have been more than one up. But like I said, we, we had the alley chance that, that Kane put him through and then Delhi's <laughs> I keep calling him Ali, and then delhi He's the same player. Um, and then Delhi's chance at the end, uh, which you'd expect pro- possibly a keeper to save because he wasn't unsighted. But, yeah, second half, Stoke then – I mean, they're at home and, and, you know, big game for them as well. I mean, let's not forget that. Uh, and then they score a goal and then we turned it on again. Uh, but, yeah, and, and brilliant finish by Davies. Don't expect something like that from him. So it's possibly why he wasn't closed down. Uh, and then Kane. I mean, what do you say about Kane's goal? It's, it's a heavy Kane goal, isn't it? It's, it's just what he does. And like I say, we're into the semi-final. I think it's only one leg, this one. I could be wrong, but we we're at home. But I, I was having a look at the fixtures and it didn't say Cowboy Cup semi-final first leg. So I think it's just a one-off game. So even if we we're against City or, or, or United there at home, I I expect us to beat everybody at home. Away from home is a bit more tactical, I think. But at home, expect us to beat anybody. Brentford will obviously sit back. The onus is going to be on us. Uh, but I think, being that Harry Kane played yesterday and then Sun came on at half-time, Jose is taking this one seriously. It, it's a realistic chance that we can get some silverware, long-awaited silverware. Uh, so I, I think, I'm not sure he'll play at, at, at the, the, the 11 that play in the league, but I think like yesterday, a bit of a mixed team. Uh, and we should be winning that and getting to a final again. And like I say final, who wants it more? We've already beat City, we've already beat United, so we've got a kind of advantage in in that respect, but United are a completely different team now to the one that we battered. So that'll be a different prospect. Um, but yeah, it's good to stop the vote and get a, a, a victory just before Christmas. Bit of a Christmas present there. Hopefully we can follow that up uh, with a victory against Wolves. Okay, that's about it for today. A uh, bit of a short one today. Uh, always is with uh, uh, just me, which you'll be pleased about. Uh, hopefully Mark and Matt will be back uh, after the Wolves game. Uh, the game's coming thick and fast now, and then being at this time of year, I'm not sure when we'll get round to doing another one, uh, but we'll do it. Every game that we have, we'll cover. Uh, so hopefully we can beat Wolves, stop the rot in the league and then start to climb back up in the league with a, a nice little run. Uh, Cabal Cup, like I say, getting to the final. Uh, Europa League is finished until for a couple of months. Uh, and then we've got the FA Cup against Marine, which it's just a real, real shame that they can't have a full capacity crowd there or a crowd at all. But hopefully we can generate some money for them. Uh, and then get through and then have a good run in the cup as well. Uh, So that's all for me. Like I say, everybody, have a great Christmas or hope you had a great Christmas. And we'll be back hopefully before the new year, but if not, definitely in the new year. Come on, you spurs.